0: What? Yeah. No, I'm... Yeah, I'll be I'm behaving
1: myself. No, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey. This is Jimmy Farrow from Monty and the Farrow, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed 14,000 on our YouTube channel. But I want to ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Pharaoh. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty
2: and the Pharaoh. Later.
3: Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and a Faro. Wishing everybody, uh, hopefully they had a wonderful 4th of July. How was your 4th of July, Jimmy? Ow. Burned
1: like a fucking lobster. Ow. Never send a pale ghost Irish guy into the sun. Ow. It, it's, what's that? That's a picture of you at the beach with... Work boots. <laughs> yeah, because I don't have <laughs> sneakers currently, but I have a Kohl's <laughs> gift certificate card that I'm going to go get a pair. So, Jimmy, me alone. You
3: are a beach guy. Yeah, I'm not. And, and I've worn boots. I'm not a beach. beach guy. Jimmy yeah. enjoys the beach, but uh, yeah, I do. Unfortunately, the sun, for Jimmy though. the uh, the sun the the uh, <laughs> the umbrellas <laughs> that we had did not were work. Fine. No, they were fine. It didn't until work until a me. fourth party showed up and right. we kind of moved that person under. It kind of. Crammed it under the umbrella. Jimmy yeah. kind of fell into the sunlight a yeah. little bit. Yeah. The and he got a little roasted. I mean, and he got a little toasted. mean, Pharaoh
1: should have two umbrellas to himself, i get bumped for Bertha. So you're really going to give up on the beach? Are you done with the beach? Now? I do not want to get burned the rest of my life. I am never going back to the beach to lie and get cooked like a shish kebab ever again. Again. Never. Wow. Yeah. That hurt. Not cool. I have no AC at home. So I'm lying there with an extra layer of cooked farro. You know how hot it got in there last. I told night? you, aloe vera, man. Aloe vera. I told you. Isn't that our right guard on the Jets, aloe vera, or is that oh Vera <laughs> no. Tucker. Never
3: mind. Go ahead. Just you had to put the you know put the lotion on the skin. <laughs> I should have put the lotion in the basket and brought it to the beach. That's apparently... that, that's right. Or use some sunblock.
1: <laughs> What's that? <laughs> there you
3: go. <laughs> I don't want to get burnt, but... Hey, come uh, on. We put we put the
1: lotion under on the, on the Farrow. It just didn't work. It, I don't, why didn't it work? You know that the uh, sun index was a nine that day. I don't know if you knew that. I, I really found out pay, after. I Don't pay
3: attention <laughs> to I took a look. I, w-
1: I was like, why am I so burned? And I looked. Nine on the
3: index. That's asking for trouble. If you're Irish and... Rest in peace, James Conn, uh, The actor, James Conn has passed away at age... Eighty-two, known for such great movies as The Godfather, mm-hmm. Elf, mm-hmm. Misery, That's the Brian's Song. Movie. Wow, that movie made me weep like a baby. So like many a, of them, right? That
1: movie made me weep like a baby. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously his role Did you is see Misery? Misery's my favorite movie from him. Really? Kathy Bates. She was really pissed what he did with that character. That is a great, great, great movie. And Spidey needs to see it. Spidey says he's never seen Misery. That needs to be done. The Stephen King Greatness. Great movie. James Caan was fantastic and an icon. Uh, what did you say he died of? Natural causes? You believe natural I you're
3: guess. Sure. I, I didn't see anything. What is dying of out.
1: natural causes, by the way? Sooner or later, you're going to die. What is that? Sooner or later, later you're going you find to find die. Define the natural causes.
3: Define the natural causes. I got up
1: to take a leak. Oh, I just realized I'm 82. Doof.
3: Is that the natural causes? Nah. I don't know what natural causes
1: means. Nat- nat-
3: natural. Oh. JB, he's right. Remember that football movie I was telling you yeah, about? Yeah, what, what was the name? It's called The Program. The Program? Yes, it's a very good football movie. Thank you, JB. Interesting. I was telling Farrow about okay. that, and I couldn't remember the name oh, of it. Okay. You know, again, we can't remember anything. All we have to do is Google it, and we That's should. A, we keep going through this. How dare we forget anything when it's right there? It's our right fingertips. there. To, all you have to do is yeah. Google it. Yeah. What's that guy's name? It's, I don't know. And for we sit me. there, go back and forth for forty minutes. and go. Oh, but hold it's on.
1: funny when we go back and forth. It shows how ding dongy we are.
3: First lady wrestling. Miss Maria Davis in the house. Oh. Maria, how are well, yeah. you? Jason in the house. What is up, Jason? J B O two blues. Absolutely in the house. What Matthew happened? Holland. RJ Hudson in the house, Mitch Seinfeld in the house, Mitch. Eric Sims is in the house making hey, an appearance. What's happening? Uh, what else we got in the house here? And we got Jason, who was in in early guys. Welcome. Um, got a very exciting show today. Uh, That's for sure. Going to hear something that uh, I don't think anyone's ever told this story before in Bank. Uh, I don't let's, think let's so. A shout out to our buddy Eric Sims, who actually gave us the hook up on this. Uh, our guest will probably explain his first appearance with Eric Sims. Yeah, yeah. Talk about how many how many psychiatrists he has to, has to see after meeting Eric, the meeting Eric Sims. Yeah. Well, I've already seen four.
1: It's costing me a fortune. Eric, expect the bill. Okay. Which he won't pay.
3: Georgia obviously. man struck by lightning, loading his van. How often? What are people struck by lightning? <laughs> this is a story. I want to ask.
1: How often are people struck by lightning? And do you know uh, that all the people not I, very often? You, you don't
3: think, but if you look it up, but there is a ton it of it happens quite, quite guess, often. You know,
1: there's a ton of people in this world, so maybe the, the number is. I high. think. I think the average is like 140 people a year. 140. Yeah. Out of what's the world's population? Kabillion or whatever. For uh, years. Well, I would have to say that it's very rare that people get hit by lightning. Then, if you got, dude, what it,
3: kind of fucking shit luck know? do you have to have to get hit by
1: lightning? Probably. Uh, I shouldn't even answer this question because knowing me, by the time I get out to the parking lot, I'll be further shish kebobbed. <laughs> I don't There'll think be it's no hit.
3: rain clouds. The <laughs> it's too bad. Still, Pharaoh, <laughs> <living everywhere. laughs> boom. <laughs> I can see that. I do you know see that ninety percent of the people who are struck by lightning survive? That to me is amazing. How is that? I figured you'd be zapped and done. Do you do you do you come out of that with superpowers?
1: Really? I, I wonder. I mean, isn't that how Frankenstein came to life? Lightning? So I'm gonna give you a chance. Isn't choice. that how your beautifully loved King Kong stopped Godzilla? Oh! No, the bit, bit it, was electric. it, was it was electric. It was
3: lightning. It was lightning. Oh, did he get hit by lightning? He got too? hit by lightning. But no, didn't hit him.
1: Oh, he was lying right. under the rocks. Godzilla that's was covering right, him with his right, tail. And right. then all of a sudden, the clouds and the... lightning, and, and he was
3: like... So I'll give you a question. Dude. Ow, I got sunburned. get <laughs> fucking <laughs> hurt. You're going to hit... Man, you guys should see his chest. No, show your should. chest, dude. No, I'm not showing my chest. You got Are you serious? Take
1: a vote. You guys really want to see something horrible? Then fine. I refuse to believe they want to see the power of chest. Yes, show your chest. Don't do that. It's new to the... TV! Come on, show your chest. I'm not showing my nipples. I ain't doing it. Just They're show sexy, your stomach, though. at least. They are sexy,
3: but I ain't doing it. Show so my... I'll give you a choice. If you're hit by what? lightning and either yeah. you're going to die or you turn Ow. into Eric Sims, which my... one do you choose? Um, what time's my funeral? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I make it. You imagine like you're <laughs> hit by lightning, all of a sudden like you, you get bald and then you have a fanny pack. What time
1: is my cremation? <laughs> I don't even want to be put in the ground. What are you talking about? Uh, this is awful.
3: If you didn't know to the right, is awful. The, Sorry, to my Eric. right is the star He's of the show, it, Mr. Me. Jimmy Farrow.
1: Hey, hey, what's up? How you doing? I'd
3: like to thank the band that sings a the theme uh. song for Monty Nefaro Own Jimmy Farrow, <clears throat> along with his partner, Bart Griggs, make up the band Wisteria Hall. What <laughs> man? Mysterio I'm Hall, back, Wisterio baby! Wisteria Hall, sing, see a little sunburn. Now you got it. Yeah, Wisteria Hall is. sings such great songs as "In My Dreams," "This Life," not far behind. "Here Comes the Rain." You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Please hit the like and subscribe. So, yeah, since so, we've been doing that, stick as, as a subscriber, uh, we've been doing grown on YouTube. What stick? What the Bartman shtick? stick? Well, the, this whole we yeah we are, week.
0: We're, we're, fl- we're flying off the charts
3: that's <laughs> well, good to are flying off the charts. i don't know if you're being facetious or not but just I'll keep go plugging it. away let's we're doing keep it. plugging we're away we're doing it you can download their music on spotify apple music or reverb nation or wherever music can be downloaded yeah. if you didn't know it you are watching long island's number one pro wrestling broadcast monty and the you can catch us on the monty and the youtube page which we have Gone over two million views, so thank you all. Wow. For the support. Wow. God knows, you know wow. what? Two million? That's a, that's a big number and Man. we are very, very proud of it. And all Ooh-wee. the people have thank supported you. us. Everybody that's in this chat room and beyond. Damn. Thank you. That's thank you. Thank you. Catch us Thanks, on the Monty Nefaro Facebook live page. Here's on IRA Heart Radio, Spotify, Anchor. Catch us on the Twitch TV, Monty Nefaro. Channel And also, if you're lucky enough to live in New York, catch us on Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 and Saturday at 11.30 where we're head-to-head with Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. and Channel 20 Tuesdays at 1 a.m., which makes us a grand total of over 120,000 views weekly. Must be doing something right. Not bad. Well, as always, we want to thank Amazon Music for allowing us to join their programming. We'll be right back. I'm, I'm really excited for this one. This one is going to be, be different for sure. With what we're calling the cop who killed kayfabe. And again, I use the word cop. Because it sounds good with kayfabe. Sounds right? fantastic. Right? Title. But, again, I don't want to ever use the word cop as a disrespectful Since, it, title. It, when did that ever become a disrespectful? It, it's kind of, I don't what? think that that's disrespectful. We could, la- we
1: could ask our, ga- our guest, Lance Forum when we come back if but he
3: feels that like cop wow. is disrespectful.
1: Oh, man, oh, man, this world's getting really sensitive. Okay, okay. We'll see you in a sensitive second.
2: Mm. Do you treat your dog as part of the family? (laughs) Well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PartyPupInfo, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection.
3: You want to star in your own success? Call QuickCast, www.quickcast.com, 8. Six six seven, cast now. That's eight six six seven, cast now. Quick cast. Start your own success. <laughs> oh, what's up, Mike? Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? Oh, not the much. You know, Jimmy, I love this country. Oh. I love to buy made in America material, and I love to buy my artwork at Tag. T-A-A-G, Made in America, 14 East Broadway, Port Jefferson, New York, 11717, The Shop at the Corner. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler and broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. We're welcoming our special guest, Mr. Lance Oram. Lance, how are you, sir?
2: All right, guys, how are we doing?
3: All right. So clear this up. Uh, Mitch Seinfeld saying out there, a trooper is not a cop. Is cop a disrespectful word in your mind?
2: (laughs) Nah, not at all. Cop is kind of more of a generic term, I think. But uh, basically, you know, when you're a state trooper, we prefer to use the word trooper. It uh, invokes a, a kind of a different image. And, you know, our jurisdiction is... Obviously, statewide. You know, we're not confined to a municipality or a county or normal things that you would associate with a police officer.
3: Yeah, but we could entitle the name of the show "The Trooper Who Killed Kayfabe. That doesn't have a good enough ring <laughs> yeah. to it.
2: Yeah, yeah, cop cop uh, seems to flow better, so uh, we're fine with cop. Lance, that, can you
1: I'm sorry, can you do me a favor, Lance, can you spell something out for me? Because I've always been confused by this. When I see a trooper now out here in New York, the troopers obviously do the parkways, but they don't do the expressway. So when I see a trooper like pull somebody over off the off the parkway on like a Jericho Turnpike or a Larkfield, like, you know, a road that's not within their quote unquote jurisdiction, is it within their jurisdiction you know, to be there or can yeah, they go no, anywhere? I mean,
2: absolutely. Wow. State police have jurisdiction statewide. Nice. Uh, okay. You know, I can't specifically, state for New York or any other state, but I can tell you, in New Jersey, it's mm-hmm. the entire state, you know, five miles out to sea, up in the air with the helicopters, wherever something's going on, you know, we have a right to uh, look into it.
3: Okay. Do you have a right to look into people who still wear fanny packs, though? No. Um... <laughs> That's a big deal, and it really should be Uh, against the law at this point. Yeah, how do you pat down those fanny
2: packs? (laughs) Well, well, you know, the scary thing is, you know, I've been retired like 11 years, and they were almost still in fashion back when before I left. So, uh, yeah, I think if I stopped somebody today and they had a fanny pack on, they'd already have a strike against them. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Let me ask you. Not to make this about Eric Sims, but Eric obviously hooked us up with you, which we thank him for. Yeah. But when he came and visited you with his family, were you embarrassed that this guy comes <laughs> visit you with a fanny pack on? The <laughs> be, be honest with you, uh, the trained
2: observer that I am, I don't I don't remember him having a fanny pack. But, okay. Uh, okay. you know, now he was, uh, you know, when they first told me they came in the back uh, to get me because it's a big nightclub restaurant. And they said, uh, "This guy out front looking for you." And I didn't, you know. I said, "Who?" I figured it was some friend, some hanger-on that wanted to use my name to get in for free or something. They said, "Eric Simpson." I paused for a second. I'm like, "Oh yeah, 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 that guy." And I hadn't met him yet. So no, he was very nice, and it was a pleasure meeting
1: him. I hadn't met him yet.
3: So what's a hanger-on
1: trying to get in for free? <laughs>
3: <laughs> they're like some dude with a fanny pack is here. Yeah. You're like, what? And they're like, what? Strike
1: one. <laughs>
2: Anyway. <laughs> uh, they, they would have probably, uh, whoever came back and told me, I think it was one of the bouncers, they would, they would have delivered it up a little differently if the, the guy was wearing a fanny pack. It was like, hey, one of your you know close associates is here with a fanny pack. So, you know, oh, I would have been God. prepared.
3: <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, Lance, for people who do not know who you are, Ooh. can you please explain to the audience out there, who is Lance Orm?
2: Uh, Lance Arms, an old guy, right now. And uh, back in the day, uh, you know, I did 25 years in the state police. I uh, started, I graduated the academy in January of '86. I retired in um, February of 2011. And uh, you know, it was a great run. Had had a lot of great experiences. Met a lot of awesome people. Had a lot of weird shit happen. Uh, and today, I don't think I'd want to do the job today. But I would never discourage any, you know, young person that comes up to me and asks me, you know, what, what do I think? Do they think they should? They want to be a cop, a trooper, whatever. I say, yeah, no, go for it, you know, because the world's constantly changing. It's always peaks and valleys. So, you know, uh, God if they choose that path.
1: How hard has it been watching how cops have been uh, uh, it's, portrayed? It's disgusting.
2: I'm just... Everything with this country is is just disgusting anymore. I'm just so fed up and uh mm-hmm. I'm sure I speak for ninety five percent of all cops and troopers and uh
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, we don't get it. I mean I was in the military before the state police. I was in the military for four years. Uh yeah, I, I just don't understand anything about today the youths the dumb youths I deal with at the the nightclub I work at, I just wanna slap their parents, you know, I don't get anything.
1: Yep. I can see that. You you had some uh Experience with Hector Macho Camacho,
2: I believe? Yeah, yeah well, that was uh, probably not within the same year, within a year after the uh, the uh, incident with the Sheik and Hacksaw. We were, we were at, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Garden State Parkway uh-huh. around exit uh, milepost 82. There's like a little substation there, little right. little building in the middle of the north and south. It's called Pleasant Plains. And I was uh, in there with like three or four other troopers. We we're just figuring out where, you know, our next uh, our next uh, assignment was going to be for the day. And all of a sudden, like a Lamborghini pulled in. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, look at this car! You know, what does this guy want? And you know, the the doors open from the side there, like the wingtip doors. I think it was a Lamborghini. Maybe it was a Lotus. Whatever it was, out of my pay grade. And this, you know, this little dude gets out, and he's covered in gold. You know, and uh, one of the troopers go, who's this shit shitbag, you know? And all of a sudden he jumps out and he's got the big macho and gold, you know, uh, medallion on. And I look like, holy shit, macho, Camacho!" And he goes, hey, troopers, what's up, what's up? He goes, which way is New York? You know, just fucking around. And uh, so he came over, chatted us with us for a while, took some photos. And he's really a nice guy.
1: Did you have any um, interesting situations or was that just a one-time uh, meeting with him?
2: I, that was the only time I ever met him. That was the yeah. only time you met him. Um, you know, okay. he just—I think he wanted to meet us. He saw us standing there. I think he just wanted to pull in, and you know, I mean, he—he he certainly uh, loved the celebrity, and uh, you know, he was probably in his in his peak back then. So it's a shame he passed too, but uh, he went down bad road, I guess. But
0: yeah,
1: you know,
2: he was yeah. pretty funny that day. He just caught us off guard, you know.
1: How how dangerous, and I know that's almost ridiculous to even ask, but can you maybe tell us a couple of the most dangerous kind of situations you were involved in, uh, you know, on the job, Uh, maybe? Over 25
2: years. I mean, you know, I was pretty fortunate. Listen, I had a great career. I probably only did uh, eight years in uniform, so to speak, on the road and, you know, doing various patrolling or uh, different duties. The rest of the time I was suit and tie off the road, but Every trooper's had a a plethora of, uh, you know, not only scary situations, but hysterical situations, you know, I mean, serving warrants, uh, you know, going to domestics is always like the worst thing, you know, you go into somebody's house and, you know, the guy just beat the shit out of his wife or his girlfriend, and then you try to uh, make sense of the situation, and next thing you know, she's attacking you because you're putting handcuffs on him, um, you know, I, I'd only been shot at once early on in my career and I wasn't directly shot at where we he, the guy was just firing a shotgun. There was a bunch of us surrounding a house and he was firing up. I don't know where the pellets went, but I heard shots going off and I heard like scattering in the woods. So, I mean, you know, there's wrestling matches on the side of the road with drunks, you know, guys trying to jump off the bridge and wrestling them back over, over the, uh, you know, the guardrails, uh, you know, you name it, really. It's I, I would have to really think about. I know you're going to hit me with these questions.
3: wow <laughs> oh. so we were speaking earlier. You were, we were talking about what you're doing now, and you know you're working as security for some the larger establishments on the Jersey Shore. Uh, can you share any uh, stories about the uh, Jersey Shore crew that has gone to your bar?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, now and that when people ask me what I do now, I toss drunks. So, um, you know, anyone familiar with New Jersey the Jersey shore has probably been to Jenkinson's nightclub. It's a huge establishment. It's right on the ocean. You know, it's a restaurant bar plus the whole boardwalk. So we have great bands. And, uh, you know, now we've gotten so big, it's Friday, Saturday nights, four or five thousand people, another 800 in line waiting to get in. Uh, and you know, it's just every night is, is just drunken kids that, don't understand the word no, or, um, you know, something breaks out. By the time, usually the bouncers, we'll have, like, on a Saturday night, say, we'll have 50 bouncers and eight cops working. And usually, you know, it erupts within, inside the club or on the beach. And we're mostly at the perimeter, at the door, checking ID. So by the time they get to us, they've already pretty much been subdued. And, uh, you know, 90% of the time, you can talk them off the ledge. But the other 10% of the time... They're so, they're so drunk or so banged up physically after the fight they were just in or what the bouncers had to do to get them out the door that there's just no rationalizing with them. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. I'm getting a little long on the tooth to do this anymore, too, so I don't know what i got left in the tank. But, well, uh, well it's got to be uh, hard controlling
3: <laughs> 5,000 people every night. I mean, it seems like insanity. Yeah.
2: Um, well, it's Friday and Saturday nights are the crazy nights. Um, and again, because our, our, you know, we're right on the beach and after COVID, they fenced in a large area behind the bar on the beach. So that greatly expanded our, you know, capacity. And it also is, you know, it's a great set. I mean, if you're from New York, North Jersey's out of state, you know, we got palm trees and all the foliage and there's bars on the, I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's really a very nice place to go unfortunately, I don't know where these people are coming from. I swear. I mean, if this was 20 years from now, I'd understand. I said, well, these are all COVID babies, you know. People were locked down for two years. or obviously obviously uh, engaged in making babies, but I-, I just don't know where they're coming from. I get IDs every night from at least 30 different states. You wow. know, and they're all over the place. Wow. A lot of fake IDs. You know, it's an industry. Lance, and, you know, every
1: How many guys are on your staff to control 5,000 people? What do you got, 20 of you? Uh, well, we got...
2: And I'm not in charge. But we have like uh, I think about it. Just in, we're, the main bar is called the Pavilion, and we control the main bar. And then the north end at the inlet, there's another bar which is much smaller. But you know, so we staff that. And then there's a the south end with a whole other contingency where the rides and the beach and everything. But on our personal staff, we have like I think 22 cops on payroll. It was close.
1: Wow, I figured 20. Interesting. Well, I've had yeah. some security, and most of
2: us are retired. I'd say like eighty percent of us are retired. A couple of guys are still on the job and doing it though. Wow! So, um, wow! Yeah, and it's hard getting guys. You know, most most guys, you get to this my point in life, you don't want to deal with this shit anymore. You know, it's like you're t- I'm telling kids now, twice my size and half my age, don't do that. And mm. If I wasn't wearing a gun, they'd, they'd probably tell me, you know, go fuck myself. But, right.
3: Right. Uh, <laughs> Right. Is all, are all these kids now all jacked up and huge, or is it... Uh, well, a lot of them,
2: yeah. I mean, clearly, uh, you know, fitness is uh, more prevalent today than it was mm. when I was in my 20s and drinking, you know? Mm. So, yeah, and, you know, they just got that, uh, you know, testosterone-loaded attitude where, uh, you know, nobody's going to tell them nothing, and uh, they, you know... Sp- I don't even know where to get their money. I mean, this recession I know we're in is like... How are you? They're all putting it on their debit cards. They're, you know, back-end loading it. And I'm just like, these guys are in for a rude away. They'll be living in Mommy's basement until they're 35, you know?
3: Watching wrestling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's got to be totally stressful, right? Because it's, I can imagine you have to deal with fights. How much public sex is going on with all these people? How often does that happen?
2: Oh, uh, Jesus. We've had, you know, people doing it right at the bar in the wow. bathroom, right. every I mean, night. I mean, I feel sorry for the... Uh, you know, uh, Jenkinson's, is, you know, it's a huge industry. I mean, they own the entire boardwalk. They own a good portion of Seaside Heights. You know, so you're talking total of five, six bars, a dozen restaurants, arcades, rides. They, they hire well over a 1,000 people. And a lot of them are foreign students that come here, you know, on a Visa. And I just, you know, they're from... You know, uh, uh, Jamaica and Thailand, Taiwan, I mean, and, um we used to get a lot of, uh, Russian and Slovakians, and, you know, to see their faces as they observe American behavior hmm. is, uh, quite interesting. And the poor, they have, uh, you know, Mexicans working in the, uh, bathrooms, and these people work their asses off hmm. for pennies, mm-hmm. and every night, you know, we're in there three, four times because some knuckleheads, you know, shitting on the floor or, Trying to get his girl in the men's room because the line for the women's room is too, you know. So every night it's just another adventure. Unbelievable.
1: All right, Lance, let's do it. On May right. twenty, May twenty eighth, nineteen eighty seven, the wrestling world was turned upside down. So tell us, the cop who killed Kayfabe, if you can, what went on that day, coming from your eyes, please.
2: Sure. Uh, so anyway, as I uh, stated earlier when we were having a little pre-meeting, uh, that day, you know, I mean, I, this is 35 years ago. I had like, I think, 15, 16 months on the job at the time, so I was a fairly young trooper. And uh, myself and another trooper were heading northbound on the parkway, going to a detail. And, uh, you know, I saw a, a troop car making a stop southbound in the median. And uh, you always back up, you know, another police officer when you see him on the stop. So you know, we slowed down, we rolled over, and I looked, and I can remember distinctly. It's hard to remember much about that day, but I remember as the the driver, I guess, was hacksaw exited the vehicle. I saw the vehicle like raise up three inches, and I'm like, "Holy <laughs> shit! Look at the size of this guy!" You know, and then uh, she got out of the passenger side, I believe, and uh, so I so. Myself and the other trooper that was following me, we get out of our cars, we go walking over, and I knew the uh, the trooper who uh, stopped them. He said that they were uh, Pete Brancati, great guy. I called him. I actually reached out and talked to him in years. I reached out for him to see if he wanted to participate in this uh, interview, and he was like, "He's a very humble, laid back guy." He said, "No, nah, I'm good." He goes, "But you know, tell him I said hi <laughs> or whatever." So uh, I I, I said over to him, "I go, you know, what you got going on here, Pete?" He goes. And his knuckleheads just went by me drinking a beer. And he goes, and I smell weed coming out of the car. And I go, all right. So uh, now they're getting out of the car, and I'm looking at him. And I'm looking at the chic, And I kind of, like, recognize him. And I'm like, I know this guy from somewhere, you know. So he said, you know, do me fair. Keep an eye on them. I'm going to, you know, check the car further. So as I'm looking at him, and I, I look at him, I go, Iron Sheik, and, and he turns around. And he goes, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir." And he thinks, like you know, now we're buddies. You know, he starts coming towards me. I go, "I don't want to shake your hand, bro. I just want an ID." You, you know, so uh, just around that time, uh, the other troop, he finds the Sheik's, you know, Aladdin booties, those curly cube booties, and I guess they're in the back seat. <laughs> he, he turns them upside down. He goes, "Hey, Sheik, I guess these belong to you." and turns them upside down an eight ball of of coke falls out so i'm like oh (laughs) shit you're in trouble now so you know and and basically i mean he cuffed them and you know we made sure they were secure and that was the end of my participation in that story but right before we put the cuffs on them i had an old polaroid in my in my car old polaroid camera you know shoots out the picture and, uh, you know, it's B.C., before cell phones. And uh, I said, hey, sheep. And he didn't realize he's under arrest yet. And that's when I took that picture. <laughs> and uh, and then the next thing you know, okay, you're under arrest. And he was like, what? You know? And wow. So, uh, unfortunately, and in retrospect, and as I said earlier, you know, all these years later, looking at it, you know, through today's lens, you know, and in a much more mature perspective, I mean, I feel bad, you know? I mean, uh, th- as far as I can tell, I mean, it kind of ruined these guys' lives, and yes i mean they're absolutely wrong and you know i mean they got to be punished but uh, unfortunately and then i found out subsequent after that when i just talked to uh, the other trooper last week he said the next day he went you know went to work and all the news stations were out in front and he was like holy shit!" and he tried to just get in and get out and get on the patrol and his, his sergeant made him go out and give an interview so that's when i think it really broke loose at that point because word got out.
1: Are you amazed all these years later, the impact of this one particular day?
2: Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I, I alluded to earlier, the funny part for me, 17 years later. So I'm, uh, I have a friend, he's a gold medalist. Uh, and he won the, the gold medal in the 2004 Olympics in Greece in the men's eight rowing one of the few times America ever won the uh, gold medal in the men's eight rowing. Okay. And he got invited to Monday Night Football uh, in the owner's box. So I think like Leon Hess owned the uh, he owned the Jets back then. So it was Monday Night Football, Jets in Miami. And uh, he was racing down the turnpike. Was he, this was, this, so this was, this was uh, 2004, so 17 years later. The Olympics were in August. I think this was like October – And he's on his way to have lunch at the White House with the president, who I think was Bush then. And he calls me in my office. He goes, hey, bro. He goes, I'm running late. He goes, I'm flying down the the turnpike. i got to be at the White House for lunch. I go, oh, life's real tough, isn't it, buddy? He goes, yeah. He goes, listen, if I get pulled over, can I use your name? I said, yeah, no problem. Just call me. And, of course, we have cell phones. So he goes, yeah, check it out. I was was in New York this morning shooting a commercial uh, for the next Olympics because New York was throwing her hat into the ring, uh, you know, to – all the countries and states, you know, they all sure. lobbied to, to host the Olympics. Oh, yeah. And he said all the gold medalists were in New York. He goes, I met this hot chick. She's some kind of VIP person with the Jets. She invited me to Monday Night Football. I go, you bastard. I go, life is real tough. And he goes, I go, I got two questions. I go, does she have a friend and can you bring a friend? He's like, let me call you back. So he calls me back in 10 minutes. He's like, dude, you're in. He goes, can you get us parking? I go, oh, yeah, I'll get us parking at Giant Stadium. So off we go to Monday Night Football. And we're in the owner's box. And again, 50-yard line. I mean, I've never been in a box before, much less the owner's box.
3: Sure. And
2: it's all, you know, filthy rich people. I was the dumbest, poorest guy there. You know, all the foods, you know, shrimp cocktails, Chateaubriand, a bar, hot waitresses. I go, this is awesome. I'm not even watching the game. I don't give a shit about the game. I don't like the Jets or Miami. And uh, so all of a sudden, you know, like 15 minutes or so into the game, in walks Hulk Hogan and his wife and his daughter. And my my friend, you know, elbows me. Look, Hulk Hogan. Now, prior to this, he was the biggest celebrity in the box. I mean, you know, of course, it was all millionaires and shit. But, but all the millionaires wanted to meet my friend because he had to wear the gold medal. That was the deal. You have to wear the gold medal to get mm. in the box. So they're all shaking his hand. Oh, gold medalist. And he's introducing me as his chief of security. I'm, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm just eating all the shrimp cocktail I can and drinking their beer. So... uh <laughs> So uh, you know, all of a sudden Hulk Hogan walks in, and he's like, "Now all these celebs, or all these filthy rich people are tripping over themselves to shake Hulk Hogan's hand." And he's coming down the receiving line, and you know he's shaking hands one and he's you know I mean I never met him before I never saw him live he's just like you see him on TV I'm sure you guys met him he's bigger than life his hands are the size of basketballs and he's and he talks like he does you know in the third person this Hulkster this and the Hulkster and he comes down the row and he gets to my friend. He's like, uh, hey, Hulk, Jason Reed, Gold Olympian, oh, brother, that's great. And he gets to me and I'm like, I got cocktail sauce and shit on I'm like, hey, Ulster, I'm nobody. I'm with him. I go, I'm just, I go, I'm just a trooper. He goes, oh, don't say that, brother. We love you guys. I go, but I'll tell you a funny story. He goes, what's that? I go, remember when the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Duke and got locked up? I go, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, well, that was me. He goes, oh, oh, oh. so so, all right. so the fanfare settles down a little bit. And he, you know, we all go to our separate areas and started watching the game a little bit. Now, unbeknownst to me, because I wasn't watching the beginning of the game, his daughter sang the national anthem. So I guess Fox and ESPN, whoever the channels were, converged on him because his daughter just started a reality TV show or something, something about Brooke Hogan or something. So they all converged on him to ask him about, you know, his daughter, yada, yada. And he must have sent out a get well and best wishes to Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon apparently just had surgery and was in a hospital recovering from surgery, okay? So, all right, fast forward back to present. We're in the box 15, 20 minutes away. He comes over, and I'm sitting there, and he puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, hey, brother, can I talk to you for a minute? And I go, yeah, sure, you can talk to me. He goes, come on over here. And I go, you're not going to beat me up, are you? He goes, no, 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 up, I want to talk to you. So I go over to the corner, and he goes, I just want to let you know, the holster never messed with drugs. He goes, I had my bout without alcohol back in the 80s, but I never messed with drugs. I'm sitting there thinking, like, this guy's explaining himself to me. I'm like, I don't give a shit if you light a joint right now. I'm so happy to be here, you know. Mm. So uh, so as he's talking to me, and, uh, you know, we're just shooting the shit, and his phone rings, and it's Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon apparently was watching Monday Night Football from some hospital, I think in Atlanta or something, and he saw Hulk. You know, wish him, get well, best wishes. So he was calling Hulk to thank him for that. And all of a sudden, Hulk goes, hey, Vince, I got the trooper here. locked up the sheik," and he hands me the phone. So I'm like, uh, hey, Mr. McMahon, how you doing? He was trooper. I want you to know um, we're glad you did that. They gave us all a black eye. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I bet you're glad we did that, you know. But okay, <laughs> Mr. McMahon, I'm glad we can help. And uh, so I give him back the phone. And, uh, you know, that was – I asked him if he knew Paige Falkenberg, Diamond Dallas Page. I said, I went to high school with him. It was – yeah, 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 I think he married a porn star. I go, oh, he did? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I lost contact with the girl. But then, I'm so excited and shit. I'm so jazzed up. I want to, you know, I, I want to, you know, call my ex-girlfriend to tell her, you know, that uh, I'm standing here with Hulk Hogan. And I, I go, Hulk, would you say hi to somebody? for goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get her on the phone, and she's already pissed at me because, you know, I'm at Monday Night Football in the owner's box with the Olympian, and she's not there. Yeah. And I get her on the phone, I go, I'm in the owner's box. I got somebody here who wants to say hi and she's like, all right, so I hand him the phone, he goes, What's her name? I go, Marilyn. He goes, Hey Marilyn, Hulk Hogan here. You got yourself a good man. I hear her go, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, she's not buying any of it. So uh that was pretty much how that night went. And uh, you know, after that the fanfare settled down and uh you know, he was a very nice guy.
1: Well, you know you're talking to two Jet fans from New York. Did the Jets win that night or who the fuck remembers? <laughs>
2: I'm a Steelers guy and I'm not even a Giants right. fan, but I don't know. I don't I think the Jets did win that
3: night. Oh, there we go. I like the Steelers too, but we know that. So let's yeah. go back a little bit. Uh you mentioned earlier that you kind of felt bad after knowing what happened. Duggan, who's come publicly saying that kind of ruined his career, right? Because he was at that point getting a really major push and yeah. uh So here's my one question was As a trooper, are you allowed to go in the car and look through the boots of the sheik? I didn't understand how you allowed to search the car. Okay, well, it's a good question.
2: Uh, First of all, long after that date, you know, sometime probably in the mid to late 90s, they came out with, uh, you know, uh, consent decrees, consent searches, where you had to get permission, you know, to search a vehicle. And if, you know, most of the time, I mean, we're not going to search your vehicle for no reason. Uh, you know, the trooper smelled the weed. Uh, I, I, he might have seen it in plain view. I don't even remember. I know. I think Haxel had weed on him. Uh, but, the, you know, they were probably just got done burning one. And, uh, I, again, I got, I got these guys off to the side. I'm keeping an eye on them while the other trooper is looking in the car. So I can only assume that he saw the boots, uh, the, 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 the Aladdin boots, probably saw a plastic bag sticking out of them or something, I I can't articulate absolutely what happened, but we were totally within our right. At that point, we had probable cause, you know. I mean, there's open containers of alcohol. There's weed. So, yeah, we're going to look in your car.
1: (laughs) Did you sense for even one second, I'm just curious, that they might not cooperate when they were placed under arrest?
2: Yeah, you know, I never got that feel. And then, you know, another another trooper rolled up. And uh, like I said, the three of us are out there now. So two of us are watching these guys. I mean, again, it was so long ago. I mean, I do remember. I don't want to say you know fear, but certainly remorse across you know their faces, like oh boy, we're fucked,
3: you know. Oh shit! And uh,
2: so, and, and consequently, they were, you know. So, so uh, was but there, no, a- no
3: time to resist or you know be getting nasty or anything okay. like that. Okay. Was there any point where Duggan might have said, "Hey, please don't do this. You're going to fuck up my career," like begging?
2: I don't recall that. I would imagine that was a
3: conversation that was probably had in
2: the troop car when he was transporting them. Um, I don't recall him really saying much at all, mm. and uh, you know, except uh, oh geez, oh geez, you know, kind of you know remorseful kind of mm-hmm. thing. But no, I don't recall them trying to. You, I mean, again, when I positively ID'd the sheik, you know, and he's like, oh, yes sir, yes sir, you know, with that accent. And I guess he thought that was going to, you know levy the pool there, but uh, unfortunately that wasn't the case.
1: He didn't say I was WWF champion like 75
2: times? Nothing like that?
1: <laughs> no. He's been known to do that. That's that why I was just asking. Because he's so, been known to drop that. No, nah, no.
2: They did not. Okay. They did not, uh, to me, that I recall, And you know, 35 years ago, I don't remember mm-hmm. them at all trying to get out of it at that point. I think they were hoping, mm-hmm. you know, that given who they were, you know, that we'd slap them on the wrist. And you know what? It, it wasn't my call. I wasn't the uh, trooper that stopped them. I wasn't the arresting trooper. I was simply the assisting trooper. And plus the other guy was senior to me anyway. So whatever he wanted to do, we're doing. You know. So, so it's let, let
3: me ask you this. Would you have let them go if it was you being the arresting officer? Uh,
2: 1987. Today? Yeah.
3: I wouldn't have let them go. I would have
2: transport. I can't let them drive away now. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they today, I mean, weeds just nothing. Slap on the hand. Drinking and drive is still a big deal. But they didn't appear, you know, to me, visibly impaired. I mean, like, it's not like they were stumbling stupid drunk. Of course, I meant they have no
3: choice. Right.
2: Uh, but once you find the cocaine, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I could have let it slide on
3: that. Right. So B40 out there is kind of stealing my thunder, but I'm going to give them credit for this. So. Story goes, they get arrested, they're like, you know what, no one's going to know about this, we're going to, you know, pay a fine, and we're on our way. Who leaked the info to the press out of your office? Uh, Well, uh, again,
2: as I said earlier, all I know is when he transported them back to the station, I'm sure he processed them, uh, you know, under the normal, normal condition, procedurally, went through the numbers. Uh, They didn't get a DWI, so clearly they weren't drunk. Um, I don't know exactly what they were charged with. I never saw the report. I never followed up with it. Uh, But they told me the next day, I don't know who leaked it. Uh, You know, something like that happens, I guess. You know, hey, look who's in the holding cell. Hey, you know, before you know it, you know, telephone, teletype, teletrooper. We have a saying, you know. But but uh, you agree under normal
3: circumstances, if you had caught me and Farrow in a car and that happened – you know, it oh, wouldn't would would make uh, the press. It's it's pretty much a misdemeanor, right? Today or back then? Back
2: then? Uh, no, I mean, you know, uh, cocaine uh, was not a misdemeanor back then. You know, I mean, it was, really? uh, and I think he, there was like an eight ball. You know, so right, okay. uh, right. yeah. So, uh, and even marijuana back then, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you, you can be, yeah. you can be, get up, you know, driving under the influence for, mm-hmm. for drugs or alcohol, yeah, so, right. you know, but obviously to, to prove marijuana, you'd have to take blood, you know, to prove that you're over a certain limit or just by your psychophysical exam, you know, if you are stumble. But again, these guys, I don't recall them, you know, being, I mean, they just got a car at Newark airport. I think you know the backstory. Mm-hmm. The backstory I read about, which I didn't know at the time was like, I think Hacksaw rented a car and... He offered to shake a ride or something, you know, and everybody's all up in arms because they're supposed to be, you know, enemies on the way to a, some kind of match in right. convention hall. So right. I think that kind of, like, upset the apple cart.
3: For sure. For so sure. let me ask you this then. Mitch Seinfeld's asking, so if it's a felony, how quickly were they released because they made the next show with no issue?
2: Uh, it's a good question. I mean, they were probably ROR'd, released on their own recognizance. Uh, you know, we, we did thing called green sheet where they get a, uh, you know, court appearance set. Um, I, apparently it wasn't enough to, to lodge them right then and there. Maybe somebody, you know, made a phone call. Maybe they, I don't know. I don't know from the time they were cuffed and transported until, you know, now I don't know any more that happened except talking to the other trooper last week when he you know, told me the story about. You know, taking them back and, um, you know, the, the press being there the next day. So,
3: I mean, you understand where I'm coming with that. That's why I didn't mean to say misdemeanor, but I'm thinking mm-hmm. this must not be big of a crime because they didn't go. They didn't spend any night in jail. I'm with they him. They were released quickly. I'm, I'm with
1: him. I think that there might have been a phone call, but all we can do is speculate. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay.
3: I think that we yeah,
2: have... I, I, I can't say for sure. I wish yeah. I knew the answer to that. Yep. Uh Pete, yep. if you're watching this, give me a call. Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I don't know.
1: I, I mean, like, and I, you I know, again, you. today,
2: definitely, you would be, you know, released, yeah. you know, unless you're resisting arrest or other, you know, uh, mitigating circumstances involved. uh to hammer home but, your
1: point about the marijuana back in the late 80s, my friend went to court for a roach. You could get in big yeah. trouble for pot back in the 80s, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. It was all pretty uh, – Pretty heavy, potentially. It was a different world, you know? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. the amount of
2: pot I smell every night working at the bar, people <laughs> on the beach. On the, you know, and they're walking right past the, the local cops who are all posted up up there. You know, we don't have police powers anymore. I'm, I just have right. security power. Right. We can detain and turn them over to the police, but I can't officially arrest somebody. You know, I mean, i make a citizen's arrest, but nobody's yeah. going to do that shit. Is, you know? is so, cocaine...
1: Uh, Still prevalent the way it was back in the... Cocaine in the club scene? I don't seats. think...
2: I, I don't know. You know, I don't think so. I think it's more amphetamines okay. and ecstasy and okay. all the other shit that they can swallow quickly and, gotcha. you know, have a good time.
3: And not gain weight, right? Mm. <laughs> so you're talking <laughs> about your get? friend Pete, right? I think he says his name, Pete. Yes. I guess you've talked to him a few times. Does he have any... No, re- actually,
2: right? I, I, I tracked him down because as a result of this, gotcha. you know...
3: Uh, this interview we're doing here. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, I hadn't seen him since I retired. And he actually, I think, retired. He was six months senior to me, so I think he retired before me. And I had not seen him. Uh, You know, I think we're friends on Facebook, but I'm not even a big Facebook guy. So um, I tracked him down through a a series of other guys that know him more directly. And I, you know, I texted him. I go, hey, Pete, you got a minute to chat. You know, we got on the phone, and this was just like a week ago. And I told him the whole situation about Eric, you know, with my fiance and asked him if I wanted to do an interview. And I said, Pete, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not, I don't want to steal your thunder here. This was your arrest. I go, would you like to do the interview or do it with me? Or he goes, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. He goes, I appreciate you, you know, respectfully asking. And, uh, and he's a real good guy, you know, and I never really even worked with him directly, but we interfaced a few times and, um, he, uh, you know, that's where he told me, you know, I said, Pete, whatever did happen, you know, you transported him back. And I think Hacksaw Dugan's father was a sheriff or something. I think his father was in law enforcement. And uh, I think he might have brought that up. And the fact that, you know, he took him back, he processed them. And then the next day he went to work. And that's when all hell broke loose with the TV stations and stuff.
3: Now, do you keep those boots as evidence? Were those boots held as evidence? <laughs> that's a good question.
2: Uh, they probably did uh, temporarily keep them as evidence because uh, you know that's uh, continuity of evidence we call it. That's you know where they were stored or where it came from. Um, it was a rental car, so I don't know if they impounded the car or had the rental. I, I don't. I don't really have any other facts for you guys. I wish I did. As All I can say is
3: if you could have got your hands on those boots and kind of they disappeared yeah. out of your evidence room. You could add some real Boy, money, right there. Boy, could you show that for a fortune? <laughs> you got
2: some, qu- you got some explaining to do. <laughs>
1: comes with comes with coke resin at the bottom of the
2: heels. It would be worth a fortune. a fortune. Maybe that's why the sheik was uh, maybe lighter on his feet. I don't know, but uh, I'm sure he wore them that day at Convention Hall.
0: <laughs> oh God!
3: Fans are saying out there that Duggan's father is a chief of police in Glen Falls. So okay, was that it? You've had a good career. You, you know, you still live in life. Um, if, again, how does it feel, not that you're a wrestling fan, but how does it feel that you and others changed the face of pro wrestling? I mean, it is one well, of the you most... Know,
2: it's funny. I mean, uh, I never even thought about it like that until last week when I talked to Pete, because Pete made mention of that, saying that, uh, you know, after that happened... Um, you know, like really through a monkey wrench and like they had to take going a different direction because now people were beginning to think it's a lot of bullshit. You know, like these guys are mortal enemies or going to a some kind of tag team grudge match, whatever they were doing. And here they are sharing a car, sharing some weed, sharing a drink, you know, and, uh, and again, he, I, didn't they bring the sheep back as Colonel Mustafa or something like that?
3: They did. Like a, yes. Like,
2: yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously we didn't, I guess we took them out of the fast track, but we didn't, you know, they, their their career totally didn't shit the bed, you know? I mean, it was, they were still involved. And, um, you know, again, Vince McMahon talking to him and said, oh, yeah, they gave us all a black eye. And I'm thinking to myself, you brought him back. You know, it's going to be that much of a black eye. But what do I know?
1: Now, hold on. I got to point this out. Duggan is saying that this incident wrecked him, right? Mm. This is 1987, right? Correct. Let me ask you a question. Who was the winner of the very first ever Royal Rumble? Duggan. What year was that, please? I think 88. 1988. Yeah,
3: really ruined your career. Oh! No, you got to think what? about... you got to think about... He's being pushed with Andre Giant, main, yeah. in, you know, main eventing Madison yeah. Square Garden. Okay. Uh, I I. think... Is he think in the this, Hall of Fame? Yes, he is.
1: Boo Who? Wow. Next, next. Anyway, sorry, Lance. I had to
3: just spell that one out. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries, no worries. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, Lance, we're gonna hit you with something called the Pharaoh's final question. Oh boy. And this right. may not have anything uh, to do no. with what we're speaking about now. It might have to do with. Uh, oh, come on. How good looking your fiance is? I it have no idea. It will not. No, but
1: it will not. Don't worry about it. He's starting trouble. But, but He's, he he
3: we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have at it. Okay. Here we go,
1: Lance. I gotta ask this. You know, you, a long career, very dangerous being a trooper and everything. You, you get to retire. You, you're alive. You, you've survived your time. You served your time. What makes you, in your retirement years, decide right. to be a security guard and take more shit? What, what is that? <laughs> Are you okay?
2: That's a perfectly good <laughs> question. Well, here, here's the short end of it. Uh, you know, I'm from Point Pleasant. Okay. Uh, it, it's five. I only work like five months a year. Okay. And I pretty much pick my schedule now. Nice. And the family that owns the uh the the empire. I mean, they're super nice. They treat me very well. I've known them for thirty five. When I retired, in fact, uh, they hunted me down at my gym mm. <laughs> back in two thousand. I retired February eleven, March of two thousand eleven kid at the desk who's now actually a cop in a wall township. He says, hey, Lance, there's a note here for you. I go, a note? Somebody's passing me a note in the gym? What am I in high school? And uh, it was the family, you know, someone from uh, one of the primary employees. And they said, hey, we heard you retired. What are you doing? I said, geez, it's only been a month, you know. And they go, well, we hear things, you know. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not doing anything. I don't really need to work. I'm not, you know, divorced or have kids college to pay for. Like, you know, 90% of everybody else. And uh, I'm traveling a lot. I'm enjoying myself. They go, well, you know, if you want to come up here and put in a few nights a week, we have a spot for you. And I go, and I didn't even know, like, you know, I really hadn't been to that place in years. I go, you mean like a bouncer? They go, no, no, no. You stand at the door with a gun, you talk to chicks. And I'm like, wow, I can do that. That's I go, you're going to pay me? <laughs> yeah. So that's how it started. And that was, I'm in my 12th year. So, uh. That's a dream. Yeah. You know, but the. the Yeah, the the, the things, everything's changed. You know, the uh, landscape has changed. Okay. Uh, The clientele have changed. I'm old, and uh, like I said earlier, I don't know what I got left in time. But I I enjoy working with the people that I work with. They're great people. You know, you have that camaraderie still with working with like-minded individuals, and uh, and and they treat us great. And uh, I. You know, every day or every night, you know, I'm there for eight hours or whatever. My feet are killing me. I'm dealing with these knuckleheads. I'm like, what am I doing? I, so I ask myself that question every night. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Well, t- tune in next year. I don't know if this is my last year. I don't know if I can make it to 65. We'll see.
3: Well, B40 out there has a very interesting question. So since we're speaking about, since you know about destroying careers, <laughs> B40, <laughs> the? B40 wants to know, <laughs> Did the Rock Me Tonight video destroy Billy Squire's Asco, career?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's a great question. It is a great question. I mean, remember him dancing around on the bed in his pink whatever? That was awful. What do you I'm What, asking what, what the say guess. you? I'm what say you? you. Just, what, what say you, officer? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I, think, I don't know anything about I
3: think that. You know. Yeah, go ahead. Ask him. He doesn't. You're asking him you about an MTV video. This is uh, <laughs> did can't. did the Rock Me Tonight video <laughs> destroy Billy Squires' career? <laughs> I never saw it, so I can't say definitively.
2: There you go. <laughs> there you go. Great
3: question, though. That's really out there. I like With it. With that, Lance, on all seriousness, Thank you so much for taking the time out to be on the show. You were fantastic, and thank you for sharing the story that changed the history of pro wrestling.
2: Well, again, uh, thank you, guys. Uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, in retrospect, I'm sorry it never even happened, you know. Uh, I mean, clearly you do something wrong, you, you have to be punished, but mm-hmm. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It,
2: it's just a shame. And uh, had you told me 35 years ago I'd be sitting here, <laughs> I would have been like, Go yeah, right. the fuck okay. yep You know, so... Uh, But anyway, good luck with your show and uh, all your fans out there. And, uh, you know, I hope everything works out for everybody. Thanks,
1: Lance. Thanks, Lance. Take
2: care. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Uh Well, State Trooper.
0: State Trooper, number one.
2: I
1: wonder if that made, you know now he's not, now he's gone. I wonder if that made him a wrestling fan or more interested in wrestling. Has he kept?
3: You didn't even him? ask the question. Of course not. You were asking about Billy Squire before he actually. That was a fantastic. Take me
0: in your arms. That, that song that destroyed. That destroyed
3: his career. And he Went from
1: the stroke to that. Yeah, I mean that was awful. He went from my kind of lover to that. What do you think? in the dark? Who do you that? think produced that and decided to have him make that? That probably song. the same guy who eventually was dressing Poison. Mm. look at the clothes it ruined him awful so what'd you think of the guest lance huh fantastic very cool very 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 cool uh right place right time for a very
3: bizarre incident you know do you think if if that incident took place and they let them go i'm not saying they should have Yeah. what would have been different about pro wrestling now
1: not sure I mean at some point don't you think somebody would have been arrested and busted that didn't belong in the same car together it had to happen it happened to be fate
3: But has and it made... I don't really remember but anybody was... else anybody because anybody knows out there has anybody else been arrested because this and... was
1: fate this was this was just meant to meant to happen
3: you know i it...
1: It, it did change everything. Good guys and bad guys aren't supposed to be in the same car, especially in 1987. But let's face it. Within seven years, you had to click all hugging each other at Madison Square Garden. Maybe that doesn't happen without <laughs> that, that.
3: That's what I'm trying but to that's say. That's
1: why fate, like Jamie Lee Curtis is being explained in Halloween when Michael is standing there staring at her in the schoolyard, fate was the deciding factor. It was just meant to happen. And so it did. And the rest is history. Wow. You know what?
3: I can't, I can't disagree. That's it. I want to thank everybody for joining us. I want to go over a few shows coming up uh, shortly. So we have our regular show next Thursday. I don't think we have a guest. I think it's just you and me, kid. All right. And then uh, right. on Friday, on July 15th, I believe. I don't have the banner made yet. Okay. But we have EC3 <laughs> in studio. Trouble, 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 trouble. I love EC3. Especially
1: TNA EC3. Not what Vince did. TNA ec 2 Well, he's got he's got a lot of stories to tell. He's
3: he rules. And, uh, Big fan. You know, I like some him. Special announcements about that new wrestling uh, organization. Okay. He's with. excellent. Um, excellent. Let me see here. Sorry, I don't have this top of rocks. my head. You always a big EC3 I, guy, right? TNA
1: man. I loved EC3. I thought he was freaking. July
3: twenty second, we have Ronnie Garvin in the studio. Love
1: Ronnie. Recently watched the uh, interview the last time he was in because once in a while, even I like to take a look at the old stuff, and, and I was back like, back oh, to back great. with
3: Tommy Rich. I come on, she'll be great. Love Tommy Rich. I mean, geez. August fourth. The return of Marty Janetti. Okay. So Marty's been in the studio a few times, so I wanted to run this by you, and I actually was going back and forth with Maria about this. Okay. Um, What's up with Marty? What are we doing with Marty? Oh, talking? by the way, Matthew Holland says, EC3, my birthday buddy, March 18th. So Sweet. they're both uh, birthday buddies. There you go. So I was talking to Maria, and I said, hey, Maria, you know what I think is a good idea? And I think I might... I'm going to ask if anyone wants to uh, go to the Monty Nefaro webpage, mm-hmm. please email us. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think for the second half of the Marty show, okay. and Jared, can we pull this off? I'd like the fans to be able to come through uh, like video and they can ask Marty a question. Do you think we could pull that off? Yeah, I think we can. Okay. So, like when we had Ask Monty and Farrow Anything? Sure. I think that was wa- a great show. It was. I enjoyed so that. So, I think uh, for the last half hour, if you get your name in, you can get on. Um, a little video uh, gaming with, uh, you know, Monty and the Farrow and Marty. Yeah. I, I kind of like that a so lot. Ask so, ask Marty some questions. That would right? That be great. That By would the way, uh, Brian says, The dude with the hat Here is we go. the biggest mark in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure I am. Why? That's why I can't. Why even, are you a Mark? That's though? why I can't. I got to understand why you're a Mark. I don't, know,
1: I don't know what that means, and I really well, I, don't. Again, what know. is a Mark? A it, fan? It, I don't know. Are you the
3: biggest fan in the but world? But I know who the
1: biggest troll in the world usually is. It's a guy who has a YouTube channel that doesn't have any videos on it, and he only created it to write shit about other people. How are you, you doing, are there, you, buddy?
3: Are you saying Bryant is that person? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Why would I be saying that? Now, before, before he says we should be asking that Billy Squire question to every guest that comes in here. You want to?
1: No. We, 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 Mike, that's we, I'm not sure why. Every time? Wouldn't that be interesting? Imagine that. Imagine like Sandman's reaction. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know Sandman, Where's my pen? Squires. All right, so okay, guys, so, so
3: you know it, we're going to promote it as the second half of the Marty Show is Ask Marty, right? So we'll get you guys on video. That's and cool. And you guys will come on and you will ask Marty. We've got the little TV so Marty will be able to see mm-hmm. him and then he could ask a question. What's a
1: mark to you, Mike? You don't seem to
3: be too thrilled with that. Do I you. don't like the the, the market. No, but my point is, it's like because someone. All right. So again, we explain this. If you're a pro wrestling expert mm-hmm. and you call the people That's that something. watch you, right. because it, I guess I guess because you are the producer of the wrestler or. or or you know, or you're this or you're that, yeah. And all of a sudden, you call them a fanboy, or go sleep in your mommy's basement, Uh or you're a mark. Okay. To me, it's like, why are you insulting the people that are supporting you? It doesn't make any sense. So I guess in Brian's thing, and I didn't. Say it to piss you off. All no, I'm saying is that's all. what he wrote. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, okay, so what's the problem? Because you're enjoying the guest that you have on. Right. Are you a fan of the guest because yes. they did such a wonderful job and you found him entertaining? Yeah, and you got a laugh out of it. Yeah. I don't know if that's a mark. That's I don't pretty know. stupid to I me. Um, is it because you enjoy pro wrestling? Yeah. Does that make you a mark? Yeah. I don't think so. It makes you yeah. a fan. It's funny because when I think of like, like, it's obviously meant to be an insulting
1: term. Pretty much, Mark. Uh, when I think of like what they're insulting, doesn't that mean that the guy is, number one, usually in Mommy's basement, which I am not? Number two, wouldn't they like have posters covering their walls and action figures, which I don't. The true, the, number three, they watch wrestling 24-7, which we both know
3: I don't. So The true not, meaning of a Mark is somebody... I'm not sure what it even means. The true meaning of a Mark is somebody that you identify as something you can get from that person. Oh. So meaning that if I'm a wrestler, if I'm... Um, mm. They call them ring rats, but a Mm -hmm. ring rat, Mm -hmm. it could be a mark, right? right? Because they're willing to have sex with you because of, so you're going to get something from it. Okay. A mark would be someone like, oh, I have this wrestling organization and Mm -hmm. I, well, let's, look, not trying to be insulting out there, guys, but let me, let me say it as I, I can't afford to have Marty on my show. Please, everybody pay for Marty party. Right. You know, go to this website and donate money, okay. right? Okay. That people that are donating would, in the term, and I don't agree with it, would be the Mark, right? right? Because you're convincing them to yeah. do something. Yeah. So Mark is the wrong thing. Yeah. I, I would say, what was yeah. this dude's name? Bryant. Bryant, I would say, if you're going to talk about farrow you should say, boy, that guy's a fan. Or, boy, that guy's enthusiastic, right? right? That... Would probably be the yeah. problem. Oh, why don't
1: you just get to the chase? That
3: guy's a dick. I can live with that too. Yeah, yeah pretty that's much. Fine. That's fine too.
1: So All right, so don't cool. forget go to the,
3: go to the Monty Neferral <laughs> page. And also later on in August, we oh, have uh, Greg <laughs> Valentine in the yeah. studio. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But first up, Thursday Great night Farrell show, tree. and then EC3 trouble, trouble, trouble. will be trouble, trouble, in trouble. house. Nice. Uh, nice. RJ says, Farrow is not a mark. He's just a fan like all of us. So Thank there you. There you go. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Phil says, I think being passionate sometimes is misconstrued as being a mark. Absolutely. Well, Bingo. again, you can't Phil be a mark again. unless nice. you can give something for it. Right. Right? A mark is someone that I've identified as right. someone I can get money for. Right. So, for example, right. you know, invest in something I, right. I don't know dude you know what to me it's like whatever it's like you call someone mark it's listen if you go to a live wrestling match then you're a mark right because you're paying to go see it right right, right. so the terminology fan right. should just go away for right. these people and just right. call yourself it's a like market.
1: when vince russo dropped that word involving us and i'm like you're just a famous mark then what's the difference
3: yeah, I remember you know what when Vince I mean? said uh, that. You're just, you're just a famous, like, Mark. What's yeah, the difference? Yeah, yeah, you're you you're more the famous than us. You worked yeah. in the industry. We did not. Right. You. We're not in the business? No. <laughs> but, it, but hold on. <laughs> Vince Russo sound, found himself a Mark by the name of? Vince Russo found himself a mark by the name of. Help me out here. What's going on? Oh my God, Farrow. What? Vince Russo. Vince I Russo was owned a video store. Oh shit! And he found Where himself is it? a mark. It's not
1: here. Usually, I throw it off the shelf, don't I? Jo- jo- that the Arisi that Arisi a rizzy guy.
3: That John a rizzy. That a rizzy You know mark. he never says goodbye when you hang out with him. But my point is, <laughs> is that <laughs> that. He found himself a mark. I got you. He used them, and he found himself a mark. I got you. Oh, boy, do I got gotcha. you. Yeah, Mitch says it right. Customers are not marks. Right. Right? Right. There you go. And then they insult their
1: own fan base. Who did that recently? All right, so don't forget Thursday show,
3: sure DC3 on Friday. So next week, you got a back-to-back, which should be a lot of fun. All right? right. Uh, Here we go. And Marty, that's going to be awesome. And Jason says, kill the whales, shoot the seals. (laughs) All right, anyway, send us out.
1: Shoot the seals? Oh, no, you've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh. Try not to shoot anybody or anything. Until next week,
0: later.